for tuning in to the Revival Tabernacle Podcast. Wherever you may be listening from, we hope that this message encourages you in the unwavering, unconditional love of Jesus Christ. Join us as we reach sinners, raise believers, and release leaders. Please enjoy the message from the RT Pulpit. We're kicking off a new series called Church on Woodward. Well, this is the church on Woodward. <laughs> this is the church on Woodward. And uh, open up your Bibles to the book of Hebrews, the 10th chapter, Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25 is where we're going to look at. Because I believe there are some things that the Lord wants to share with us during our time together. God bless each and every one of you. Thank you, Brother Rodney Larkin for expediting our offering, and thank you for our worship team and just everyone who has been a part of this, this glorious day. So good to see everyone in the house, especially our, 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 our sainted mothers are here with us on this Freedom Weekend. Amen? Man, feels so good to be free. <laughs> I said it feels so good to be free. Nothing like being free. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. I will be reading from the Amplified Version just for your hearing. And I think that's what may be on the screen as well. Uh, but just listen to this. And let us consider. Somebody say consider. Amplified said, let us consider thoughtfully how we may encourage one another to love and to do good deeds, not forsaking our meeting together. The King James says, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together, but not forsaking our meeting together as believers for worship and instruction. That's why we're here today. That's why we come together on a Sunday morning for worship and instruction as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. Someone say encouraging one another. And all the more faithfully as you see the day of Christ's return approaching. Something about that last line. And all the more faithfully. In other words, what he's trying to get over to us is as you see the day of Jesus Christ, Christ's return approaching, you need to be all the more faithful in your coming together. Oh, I wish I had somebody to say something back to me today. As you see that day approaching, we need to be, we can't become lax like, oh, he's coming anyway. No, 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 he says we need to be all the more faithful as we see the day. What is the day? The day of Christ's return approaching. Father, be in our time. Be with us today as we uh, exercise uh, some time in your word. And God, let your word, as always, uh, be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And let it live big in all of us so that we can boldly declare that Jesus is Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, I, I was so blessed yesterday. Uh, I, I got a chance to attend the life empowerment session and event uh, called I Am that our old dear brother in the Lord, Brother Errol Bomar, uh, facilitated and, 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 and presented yesterday. And it was a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful time. Uh, he talked about how uh, we are more than the labels that people put on us and that we are more than just the labels or the titles that we may even put on ourselves and that we are called to fulfill the purpose by which God or by which we were designed for. We are called to fulfill the purpose by which we are designed for. And that that word design began to really mess with me, really stuck out to me. I started really kind of musing over that word design. 
I love design. In, in marketing and in advertising, I work and I interface with a lot of designers or graphic designers. And, it, and it's all about the look, and how this thing, how it looks and how it feels, that the design process, it's, it's an amazing thing. Uh, but I begin to look up that word design and begin to look a little deeper, and I found the definition of the word design. Design means this in Webster. It says, to create, to fashion, to execute, and to construct, watch this, according to plan. <laughs> Let me say that again. To create, to fashion, to execute, or construct according to plan. Jeremiah 29 and 11 says, I know the thoughts that I have toward you. In other words, he says, I know the plans that I have for your life. And see, it's a wonderful thing when we get the information about the design specimen from the designer himself. See, 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 a lot of us are trying to get what this thing means from people that did not create us. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me in this place. But what we must do is we must always go back to the one that designed us to know what, how we are to be fulfilled in the purpose by which we were designed. Many quotes about design were highlighted yesterday, but this particular one from Steve Jobs really, really, really got me thinking. Because Steve Jobs says, design is not just what it looks like. It is not just what it feels like. But design is how it works. Let me say that again. It's not just what it looks like. It is not just what it feels like. But design is all about how it works. I told Errol I was preaching his stuff today. Because he talked about this spoon. And this spoon was designed with a specific purpose in mind. This spoon was designed to do what? You were designed to eat off this spoon. Brother Jefferson started making motions to scoop with this spoon. What if I'm standing here on this platform and I notice on this wood platform a nail that's stuck up out of the wood platform? But I don't have a hammer to beat that nail down. And I start taking the spoon because it's the only thing that I have with me and I start using the spoon like a hammer. And I begin beating that nail down with a spoon. Will it go down? Yeah, it's gonna go down. It's gonna go down. If I keep hitting the nail long enough with the spoon, it's gonna go down. Yeah, it's gonna go down. But was hitting a nail on top of its head the design for the spoon? See, and that's the problem with a lot of us in the body of Christ is that we find ourselves doing things that we were never designed to do. And just like this spoon, just like the spoon that was meant for us to nourish ourselves off of and to feed off of and to uh, enjoy the nice delicious meal off of, just like the spoon because we begin operating outside of how we were designed, we end up getting marked, nicked up, dented, uh, 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 bent out of shape, all because we're doing things that we were never designed to do. And what we must understand is that God designed you. God designed me. God designed us on purpose. 
by design. And I began thinking about the church and its design. Can I take you somewhere in scripture? Let's go. Uh, go to the book of Mark. Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. Mark, it's in the New Testament. After the book of Matthew. Just before the book of Luke. If you're at Malachi, or as the Italians pronounce it, Malachi, you went too far back. Mark, the book of Mark, chapter 16. He said unto them, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. And whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned, and these signs will accompany those who believe. Skip down. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by signs that accompanied it. How does the church work? What was the church's design? This was the church's design. That we are to go into what? All the world. And do what? How do we function? Do what? Preach the gospel. Share the good news. That's our purpose. That's our design. As individuals, members of the church of God, which is in Christ, as members of the body of Christ, that's our purpose. That's our design. That's our functionality, or at least it should be. Because a lot of times I think we find ourselves doing things like the spoon that we were not designed to do. Then I begin thinking about, had to drill this thing down even further. Then I begin thinking about not just the church, but this church. <laughs> Revival, tabernacle. Some call it Revival, tab. RT, the church on Woodward. The purple church on Woodward. And how we were designed. It first started with a building. But it didn't just stop with a building. It began to go further beyond a building. And it became an environment. What's the difference between a building and an environment? A building in and of itself, it's just a structure. But an environment begins to depict and detect that there were, from, there were some thoughtful details put into and around the environment to make it conducive and engaging for the people that come into the building to enjoy. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? And so I believe what God did, just as he did in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, where the Bible says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. I believe that God, just like that, created this environment. And he created this environment for us to uh, engage in. And it doesn't just begin, the environment doesn't just begin inside this building. The environment begins the moment you pull into the parking lot. 
Because what it is that we are designed to do as, as a church, as Revival Tabernacle, we are designed, we exist for this purpose, to create an engaging environment where people that are far from God can learn about Jesus, can trust Jesus, and can follow Jesus. It's the whole reason why our mission was birthed. We exist here so that we can reach the sinner raise the believer and release the leader because this is what we need in order for the environment that God has created and entrusted into our hands to be successful and functioning at the optimum level that he designed us to function in. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? This is the reason why we are committed to every single time we come together on a weekend is offering Christ to someone because we don't exist just to come in here, sing a bunch of songs and have a good time. No, we exist to see souls converted to Jesus Christ. And if that's not happening, what are we here for? What are we doing? We can go to DTE to hear good singing. We can go to the Fox Theater and the Fillmore, Ford Field, the new LC, Little Caesars Arena, if you want to hear good singing. We can meet over at LDV or, 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 or Jim Brady's or Chili's or Alibi's if we just want to come together and fellowship. If we just want to come together and just get to know people, uh, oh, what's going on, man? Hey, what's going on, sis? How you doing? How you do that again? Oh, that's sweet. Let me see if I can do that. Let me see if I can do this better or whatever it is. No, 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 no. This is the church that God has called. And we exist for the sole purpose of seeing lives changed in this place. Souls delivered, sins forgiven, bodies healed, dead people made life again in Christ Jesus. And we learn to trust him. We learn to depend on him. We learn to follow him. We learn about Jesus in this place. Somebody say, in this place. Somebody say it again, say, in this place. See, I want to drive that home because we're in a culture right now that's far different from the culture that I grew up in. And, and, and let me just say this, things will change. They're supposed to change. Things continue to evolve. And yes, we have our services that stream live on our website or on our YouTube channel. And we have people, hi everybody, because we have people that tune in faithfully every single week, people that, that, that may not be in our local vicinity, people who may be sick at home, they tune in. <coughs> Excuse me. They tune in via our live broadcast on the World Wide Web. But let me tell you something. If you're if you're healthy and well, the internet doesn't replace you coming in here and assembling yourselves together like the Bible tells us to do. Got real quiet in here. But I'm gonna let it be quiet so it can get real uncomfortable. Because we need to get to a place where we understand the importance of God's church and the importance of the design of his church, and the importance of the functionality of this church. Let me give you, because I came across this article and I thought it was outstanding. It, it listed five reasons why we come together as a church. It says here are five important reasons why it is essential that every Christian gather with other Christians in the same local church weekly to hear the preaching of God's word from under shepherds of that congregation. And this is what it says. First, a Christian a Christian's faith 
is fueled by hearing God's word. Did y'all, are y'all hear what I'm saying? Our faith is fueled by hearing God's word. The Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Rome, and it plainly said, so faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. That's Romans 10, 17. This has implications for not just the unbeliever, but for the believer also. We will be most inclined to listen and engage with preaching by being present where it is being preached alongside others who also have come for the express purpose of hearing and submitting to God's word proclaimed. This is clearly one of the reasons that the author of Hebrews 10 and 25 began to declare not to neglect regular gatherings. Number two, he says, hearing God's word from your own shepherd is a unique, is unique to every other encounter with God's word proclaimed. Uh, I'm not trying to make this about a me show because that's not what this is about. But what it's about is understanding that where God has placed you, where God has planted you, where God has called you to, to, to serve and to thrive. The book of Psalms declare those that are planted in the house of, our God, of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. Let me tell you something. I don't just get up here and say whatever it is that I want to say. I get up here because God has spoken to me concerning the people that come here on a Sunday morning and there is a word of God just for you. I don't know who I'm talking to at times. I don't know what situations may be going on. Yes, I counsel with people. Yes, I talk with different ones. I never preach a sermon that's geared toward one particular person or another. I preach according to how God has told me to preach. And I'm not preaching to get uh, all these different invitations somewhere. I'm preaching to the people in the pews here at Revival Tabernacle, here on the, the Purple Church on Woodward Avenue in Highland Park to make sure that you get exactly what God has intended for you to get for this time in your life and even for tomorrow. It's one thing, and trust me, I have my favorite preachers to listen to. When I was here, serving under Pastor Tim, serving under Pastor Kevin, I love to listen to Joel Osteen. I love to listen to the preachings of Bishop T.D. Jakes. But there was nothing like coming here and listening to the word of God from the man of God that God has placed me under. Number three, never underestimate the power of a personal connection. <laughs> never underestimate the power of a personal connection. I love talking to Courtney on the phone. But there's nothing like being in her presence and talking to her. I need some married folk in here to shout back at your boy. There, there, there's nothing in the world like being in her presence. <laughs> because when I'm in her presence, what we may talk about may lead to us experiencing some things. You could never underestimate the power of personal connection. Because let me tell you something. The same goes when you step into the church where God has called you to. Yeah, yeah, you maybe can experience it on the podcast when it gets uploaded on a Wednesday or a Tuesday. You may can get it if you buy a CD from Sister Kathy there in the back. You may can get it if you're staying at home uh, uh, watching it on the web. But there's nothing like being in the presence of God. For the Bible says that in his presence is the fullness of joy. 
and at his right hand are pleasures evermore. There's something about the physical, tangible presence of God when he is in the room, when God himself has stepped in. That's why we engage in worship. That's why we lift up hands without wrath and without doubting. That's why it's important that you get here on time. Lord, have mercy. Please, let me go ahead and just get a little pastoral for a minute. Let me tell you something. For those of you that think the gospel music is on too far, now I'm just messing with you. For those of you who think, well, you know, I'm going to just get there just in time for the word. I just want the word. I don't need all that singing. I just want the word. You know, Sister Lisa sang too long anyway. I just want the word. Let me tell you something. When we come together and gather as a body of Christ, do you know and understand? Because, see, we would pull out real quick. You know, I go to worship the Lord. I got to give God my Sunday. I'm coming here to worship. And you show up at 1055 just in time to hear the word. I got to go get the word. I got to go get the word. Do you know that the worship time is the only time of the service on a Sunday that's really all about him. <sighs> at 10 o'clock, and see, y'all can't give me that stuff, or you know, I ain't gonna show up to 10 because they ain't gonna start till everybody. No, 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 no. We make it a point. I don't care if it's five or 15 or 50 people here. We starting right on time. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. We start right on time at 10 o'clock. And see, I used to think that it was a cultural thing, you know, CP time, black people time, color people time. No, because we're a blended church. And some of the white people show up late too. Can we just be real about this thing? Can we just be real about this thing? But God has called us in this place. Listen, the worship is the only thing that's for him. The word is not for him. The word is for you. So when you show up on Sunday late, Prouncing in here with the big old Bible up under your arm, man. I'm getting in for the word, getting in for the word. Let me tell you something. You're operating in a spirit of selfishness because all you're doing is thinking about yourself because you're not coming here to do anything for God when this is the Lord's day because this is the day that the Lord has made and we came to rejoice and be glad in it. But if you come in here strolling all late, 1030, 10.45, 10.55, only concerned about getting you a word, let me tell you something, my brothers and my sisters, you just missed out on the very important part because this is what God is trying to get you to, to prepare your heart to receive his word. Number four, somebody say number four. Y'all still love me? I hope y'all do. Spiritual fruit comes from hearing with others. Spiritual fruit comes from hearing with others. See, when the church gathers, the Holy Spirit in very unique and powerful ways that are missing in private gatherings. When a congregation collectively sits under the preached word, there's a level of accountability that is established and nurtured among the hearers to urge each other to go and apply that word to your life. This isn't just about so you can hear something and check that off your list for the week. Got that in, check. No, 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 no. It's got that in, now the real work begins. How can I now apply this word to my life? How can I take what I'm hearing being preached from the word of God and apply this to my life? I love, I loved it what Linus said at, the, at our last town hall meeting. When he got the microphone, he began talking about how, how when he comes to this church, knowing that he has his own business and he interacts with a lot of people from various walks of life. 
But he begins to declare and begins to say, I take what I hear here and I apply it at my place of business there. Why? Because our whole goal as a church and as the church is to go ye into all the world and share this gospel. A greater obligation to do something with the word preached and to rely on one another to help and strength to obey exists only in community. It exists only when we come together. Number five, public, public sermons lead to corporate discipleship. Public sermons lead to corporate discipleship. I love one-on-one -on -one discipleship. I love it. When people really get committed to doing it, there's no greater joy than to seeing true change happen in a person's life. Because, see, contrary to popular belief, it goes beyond the experience that they have here at the altar. It's just the beginning. They need somebody that will come along and walk beside them. That will, not in a judgmental way, but in a loving way, be able to say, hey, let's get in God's word together. Let me just show you some things. And maybe some things will jump out off the page and begin to speak life to your life. This is what this thing is all about. But you don't get that if you're off alone by yourself just listening to this on CD or on the internet. You get that when you come together. Again, internet folks, I'm not downplaying you. I love you. Keep on watching. And invite someone else that may be in your area to watch on. But I'm talking, I'm talking to people that live in southeastern Michigan that can make your way here into the house of the Lord. Let me tell you something. I don't care how you get here. Just, I mean, you can get here by, y'all ain't saying nothing to me. All right, I, I, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. So now, listen, talked about the church. Let me just dig, drill down a little bit deeper and talk about the service experience, the weekend experience, and then I'm done. Why do we come here? There are a plethora of reasons why we come. But through the scriptures, I think we can kind of sum it down to four main reasons why we assemble together. And those of you who were here on Wednesday night for our first Go Deeper class, anybody here from Go Deeper? I mean, we had a great time. Listen, let me tell you something. If you missed the first class, I'm doing the recap right now. So just come on class number two and you'll be all caught up. Get your purple book on Wednesday at 7 p.m. But you don't want to miss this. But let me give you why we, the, the four main things why we come together for a weekend service. Number one, somebody say number one. The Bible says in Psalms 122 and 1, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. The first reason is for celebration. Celebra Somebody say celebration. Uh, how many people have ever gone to a family reunion? Now, I'm not talking about the family reunion that somebody pulled and dragged you to. I'm talking about the kind of family reunion that you couldn't wait to get to because you knew that it's something about when the family comes together. 
something about when people that I haven't seen uh, in a while come back together and we are all in the same place together, there's a celebration that takes place. John and Linda Lumpkin just got back from a family reunion. They had a celebration. Let, let me just tell you something. There should be the same type of excitement that happens. Though we may have seen each other last Sunday, all the hell that I went through Monday through Saturday just to get back here to Sunday, let me just tell you something. I need to get here with joy and gladness. I was glad when they said, come unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Because why? I get to see my other brothers and sisters, and it's going to be a celebration. What are we celebrating? The fact that he kept me another day with my mind stayed on him. What am I celebrating? I'm celebrating the fact that he woke me up this morning, started me on my way, gave me the activities of my limbs. The blood is still running warm in my veins. What am I celebrating? I'm celebrating the fact that I saw you last week, but there's some people who saw people last week that don't get to see them this week, but I'm glad that I see you this week and I saw you last week. That's a reason to celebrate. There's another reason to celebrate is because the Father seeks those who will worship Him. So when we come together, we celebrate and we worship God together. That's a reason to celebrate. Hey! So we come together to celebrate. Celebration is the first reason why we come together. But I think another reason why we come together is for inspiration. Inspiration. 1 Corinthians 14, 24 and 25 says like this, but if an unbeliever or someone who does not understand comes in, he will be convinced by all that he is a sinner and will be judged by all and the secrets of his heart will be laid bare. So he will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. When we come together, I mean, really come together, and we worship God like we did this morning when the presence of the Lord came into the room, can I tell you something? Those who don't believe and those who may not understand, they'll get inspired to want to know, man, who is this God that you serve? Who is this God that you worship the way that you do? Who is this God that you sing about? Talking about we've come to magnify the Lord. Praise his holy name. Lift him up. Who is this God that you talk about? Uh, and the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of the Lord strong and mighty? The Lord mighty and battle. Who is this God that you talk about when, with so much passion and conviction? I believe that when we really come together, I'm talking about really, really, really come together. That means coming together at 9.45, preparing our hearts for worship at 10 o'clock. When we really come together, y'all ain't saying nothing to me in this place. When we really come together, I believe that sinners will be inspired to want to know who is this God that you speak about? Who is this God that you praise? Who is this God that you worship? Who is this God that you serve? We don't come together just for celebration. We also come together for inspiration, but it doesn't stop there. I think we also come together for preparation. It's preparation time. Look at somebody and say, it's preparation time. Ephesians 4, chapter, chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. Well, let me just, well, yeah. It says, and he gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some evangelists, some to be pastors, and some to be teachers. Watch this. To prepare God's people. <laughs> to prepare God's people. What are we preparing you for? for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. I'm trying my best to prepare you so that you can be an active participant in the building of God's body. 
Because guess what? There are more members in the world than there are pastors. There are more members in the churches across this world than there are teachers. There are more members of the church across this world than there are apostles, prophets, even evangelists. What does that mean? That means that you actually have more of an impact on this world than I do. I'm just here to prepare you. Lord have mercy. I'm just here to prepare you to go back into your world and influence the world around you so that they would want to come and know who Jesus is. Can I get somebody to holler back at your boy? All right. My time is up. Let me give you the fourth one. Not only do we come here for the weekend experience, for celebration, inspiration, and preparation, but ultimately, and Brother Rodney spoiled it for you, we're here for salvation. We're here for salvation. We're here for the saving of souls. <laughs> So this is the reason why one of the tent poles or core values, core value statements of this church is that we are bringers. Look at somebody and say, be a bringer. That was the wrong name, but look at the other name and say, be a bringer. What is being a bringer all about? Invitations are good. Inviting someone, oh, why don't you come to church? Come, come to my church on Sunday. That's good. But bringing someone is a whole other level. There is no such thing as a complacent Christian. There is no such thing as a comfortable Christian. It's going to take you going out of your way sometimes if you really want to see people's lives changed for Jesus Christ. Yeah, it may take you, well, I ain't got no way. Oh, all right, then. No, 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 no. You can't, you can't leave it at that. You can't say, all right, then. You got to say, well, I'll come and get you. If you had the cure for cancer, would you be waiting on the sidelines for the people that have cancer to come to you so that they can be healed? What would you do? You would go to them. Take it to them. If you can't bring the big machine out of your house, you go and get them and bring them back to your house. How many know that in Christ alone, we find everything that we need? Oh, come on, somebody. He's the great physician. He's the bread of life. He's the living water. He's the great I am. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the one which was and which is and which is to come. He is the alpha. He is the omega. 
He is the beginning. He is the end. He is the first. And he is the last. He's the all things that is. He created all things. And by him, there was nothing that was made that was made. He is everything that we are. And the air that we breathe is him. The life that we live is him. It is in him that we move, that we live, that we have our being. It's all about him. He is the great I am. Stand to your feet when he told Moses was worried. Well, who am I going to say sent me? Want me to go out here and say all this stuff to people? Who am I supposed to say sent me? He says, tell them I am sent you. What do you mean by I am? Sounds like an incomplete phrase, but it wasn't. In that he allows you to fill in the blank. And whatever it is that you need, that's what he will be. Whatever it is that you need, that's what he will be. So when you say, I am healed me, you're saying that he is my healer. God is great. And he wants his church to be great. He wants this church to ascribe for better. I'm totally convinced that we will miss out on what God has for us if we don't start changing some things. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? When the doctor gives you that appointment and you've been trying to get, that, get in to see that doctor for a long time, you say, all right, your appointment's at 9.30. How many of us get there at 9, 15, 9 o'clock, get there before time? Because why? We know it, it took a long time for me to get to lock down this appointment. And I want to make sure that he gets, I get to see him to see what it is that's going on with me. Why do we treat God and the things of God poorer than we do other things? How many of y'all seen All Eyes on Me? Some of y'all. What's some of the other movies that's out? I don't know. Any other movie? The new Transformers coming out. We're going to go see that. Who? Shaq. We went to go see that. And you get there early because you want to get your popcorn, your big old Slurpee, Okay, that's just me. I, I make sure I get my cherry icy. <laughs> Nachos with cheese. Make sure you got some jalapeno, jalapenos on the on the side. And you get all that. Go to the real nice one. You got the chairs that recline back now. Put your feet up. And the movie hadn't even started yet. You gotta sit through 15 minutes of commercials, previews of other movies that's to come. For some reason, it doesn't bother you that you rush in here well after worship has gone on and you miss the preview of what God is trying to show you for your life. I'm not trying to beat a dead horse, 
but I am trying to show the seriousness of how we need to adjust in order to be positioned where God wants us to be so that we can fully, fully operate and fulfill the purpose by which he designed us for. I don't know about you, but if somebody invites me to a party and I go to the party and there's only five people there, that's not much of a party. I'm looking around being real judgmental like, I ain't got no friends. And then folks start coming in late. Oh, there they go. They, they, didn't, they didn't love you like I do. But when we say we're coming here for a celebration, and you begin doing what God has called you to do, and you're bringing somebody with you to church. Why? Because you know they need Jesus. And you come in so excited because you know that that person is going to get an opportunity to experience and encounter Jesus. And you come in here, and it's five people here. You talked up the worship team. You, oh, you got to hear this worship team. They're so good. I mean, they're so good. And you get here, and you're embarrassed because nobody's here to enjoy it with you and your friend. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying today? I'm trying to paint this picture because I experience it far too many times here. And we're better than that. And God is calling for us to be better. Zion is calling us to a higher place. Can you hear him? He's calling. Are you going to answer the call? Or are you going to look at your caller ID and say, oh, I'll get them back with them later. Let us be about our Father's business. Let us do what he's called us to do. Community at Revival Tabernacle aims to reach our city and beyond with the life-changing message of Jesus. Thank you for your support. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at www.revivaltab.org.